everybody. Welcome back to That's the Point. I'm your host, KB, and thank you so much for listening to another week's episode. I am so excited to announce to you guys that this is officially Aquarius season. Yes, get excited. I am too. Obviously, if you couldn't tell, I am an Aquarius, so this is definitely my time to shine. I feel like now more than ever, I am in my pocket, I am in my bag, and I can't wait to take this season on. Now, I have to admit, I am not one who knows a lot about astrology, so I get excited when everyone says, oh, it's Aquarius season, but I don't actually know a ton about astrology. So for instance, when people say, oh, you are such an Aquarius or that is so Virgo of you, I really don't know what that means. I don't know what all the identifiers for the signs are, Um, but for the most part, I feel like I kind of have an idea of what an Aquarius is like. However, anytime someone tells me or calls me out about something that I've done or said or experienced, they say, oh, that is such an Aquarius thing for you to do or and it's such an Aquarius thing for you to experience. And I, I just am like, oh, okay, that's interesting, um, but why? And I just think it's really interesting. I think it's really funny, um, but I've never really fully understood, I guess, the science behind it, if there is a science. I think there's a science a bit to everything, but I just think it's so far out, I guess. But yes, it is Aquarius season and it is also the year of the Aquarius. So I'm really feeling powerful right now. I'm feeling very empowered and emboldened. And also Valentine's Day is coming up. So all of this is just, and I love Valentine's Day. So all of this is just coming up and making me feel so happy and so excited. And it's a great way to feel at the beginning of a new year. And I just love it. So I'm feeling really, really energized and happy if you guys can't already tell. Um, But yeah, my birthday's coming up. I'm excited. I'm turning 23 and two plus three equals five and five is my lucky number. So I'm feeling like it's going to be a good year, a good age for me. Um, Maybe that's looking a little too far into it with the two plus three, but that actually has some significance, at least to me. So I'm excited. I'm feeling good. I hope you guys are also feeling good. And now for a little housekeeping, if you're not already following me on Instagram, what are you guys doing? Come join the party. It's never too late and I love seeing your faces over there. You can find me on Insta at That's The Point Podcast. On that Instagram is where I'm always sharing daily inspiration, sneak peeks and reminders for each episode, and a behind the scenes look at what's happening behind the mic. And of course, with new episodes coming out every single week, I'm sure you've got a favorite, right? If you've got a favorite episode that you absolutely love, go ahead and download the episode. Did you know you could do that? You can actually download these episodes so that they can live in your library forever. You can listen to them wherever you want, whenever you want. And better yet, if you actually are loving what you hear every single week, go ahead and hit that follow button so that you can be reminded every time there's a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're at it, if you have any feedback for me, any thoughts you want to share, if you're loving anything, if you have some suggestions, go ahead and leave a review for me. You can do this on podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, and I love reading them. I read every single one. So go ahead and leave a review for me as well. I would love to hear what you have to say. Now that that's taken care of, let's get into the point of today's episode. Today's episode is all about emotional nutrition, mental health, and mindfulness. 
I am so excited to talk to you guys about this today and have you listen in on the chats I had with our amazing guest who I think you're going to love just as much as I do. Today's guest is Madeline Ray. So Mads and I actually go way back. We went to high school together here in Dallas. After high school, she went off to the University of Arkansas. While there, she became a lifestyle blogger and creative, and an amazing one, by the way. Now, Madeline is in Tulsa, where she is a dietetic intern with the University of Oklahoma's Health Science Center. She's also a self-proclaimed psychology and mindfulness enthusiast. So yeah, she ticks all the boxes on paper for a pretty well-rounded girl. Madeline knows her stuff. She's a shining star when it comes to her field of counseling and health sciences, but she's truly one of the most mindful, passionate, and kind-spirited people I know, and that's not something that you can learn in the classroom. Even though we touched on topics related to mindful communication and emotional awareness, I think our conversation surrounding the connections between mental health and nutrition was amazing, and by far my favorite part of this episode partially because we went so in-depth and Madeline had so many good bits of information to share, but mainly because I don't think we talk about this topic enough. And I know we all care about it, but it's just not brought to the forefront as much as we would like to or as much as we want to talk about it. So I'm very excited for you to listen into this conversation and join in on the conversation after this episode's over. And Let's just hop right into it. I can't wait any longer. I know you guys can't either. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Miss Madeline Ray. Hi. Hello. Thank you for coming on to the show today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. We were just so we were just talking about um, Disney Channel stars and Shawn Mendes and just catching up. And something that we are trying to figure out right now is if Sean Mendez was ever on Disney Channel. Madeline here thinks that Sean Mendez got his start on Disney Channel. At least that's yeah. what you heard. He got like like I just remember not knowing who he was and finding out about him like with Grace and Chance. And like Sean Mendez was the one who actually like kind of like made it more. I don't really know where Grace and Chance is right now or what he's doing. But I just, like, remember, like, a bunch of... They tried to have a bunch of singers on, like, Disney for, like, a side show. Like, it wasn't even a show or something. I don't know. Like Just, like, a singing segment. Yeah. Well, fun fact, I do know that Grace and Chance went to... I think he went to Tulane University or University of Tulane. Um, And... I think he's 22. 22 or 23. (laughs) that just because like I'm it's weird to think that like I'm actually growing up with like stars and stuff whereas like I used to watch them and be like oh they're so much like older than me or like oh they're so much younger than me and now it's like no they're your age and you're like what the literal crap (laughs) I will say I totally agree I will say that is something that's been weird for me too is I'll see stars that when I was younger I thought were so much older than me because they were on tv Mm -hmm. and then you grow up and you realize they're the same age as you. Kylie Jenner, she is just a few months older than me. I was like, what yeah. the heck? I had no idea. But yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Literally when quarantine first started, I was like, I don't know what to do with my time. I'd never watched the Kardashians either. I just spent like, because we couldn't do anything. We were done with, like not done with school, but we were doing school from home. 
And like I was just staying up in Arkansas and I was like, I don't know what to do with my time. I literally just started watching the entire series of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That's so wild to think it was a year ago now or practically Mm -hmm. a year ago, two months shy. Like aside from all the negative impacts of it, like I feel like it's helped me kind of channel into like hobbies, things that I like. It's been making me focus more on myself because like there's not as much chaos going on. Like. Mm -hmm making plans you can't do that anymore so it's kind of like helping me focus and like find happiness more like within myself mm-hmm. rather than like distracting which yeah I think is a big thing I mean it's easy to do when like there's everything's open and you can do anything anytime what do you think are the top things that you've been able to get away from as distractions and then get closer to in terms of focusing on yourself um I mean, honestly, I don't want to say my relationship, but kind of. There were bits of it that were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, newly single. Um, but I was taking care of him a lot, and kind of his needs and wants started to become my own rather than my, like, my goals just didn't seem as important at the time. Not mm-hmm. his fault at all or anything. It was, like, just something that I did but um like that was one thing I feel like vlogging kind of I've stopped doing that a little bit more I like want to get back into it but I don't know I'm kind of just taking some time when it feels right I don't know I don't know with social media and stuff I'm kind of just getting a little bit over it like I don't really I feel like everyone's getting tired of like Instagram right now I don't know if I'm just like projecting, but I think it's more so the artificial air that is around social media that people are really tired of because everything feels so curated, which is definitely an art, you know, like again, I do that partially for work, but it's kind of I think the time that we had inside like locked up in quarantine kind of made everyone realize what was really important and yeah. sometimes like getting the perfect shot or trying to show people like oh this is how I'm living my best life right now just didn't feel important anymore. And so for me, I feel like going on social media should be somewhat useful as opposed to Mm -hmm. trying to put the spotlight on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I deleted my personal Instagram because I just was like, I'm not keeping in touch with like any of these people, like anyone that I keep in contact with follows me on my blog Instagram. And I was like, I just don't, yeah, I don't feel the need to like brag. Not that I ever had the intention of doing that. Maybe at some points I did, but like bragging about what I'm doing in my life and just projecting it like that. That's kind of why I started with the blog. Cause I was like, yeah, I like fashion and stuff. And this like can be useful because people would ask me all the time, like, Oh, where'd you get that? Like stop me on the street, just compliment like things about mm-hmm. my outfit. And I was like, well, maybe I can just like share this and like, not necessarily like where to buy things from like typical bloggers do, but like, just kind of like how I use Pinterest like oh you can pair this style sweater with like this jacket and it'll like look good so like you don't actually have to have like the pieces in your closet or anything Mm -hmm. I miss it like I do like blogging and going out and taking pictures and things I notice I'm like already a little bit more self-conscious like because I just do it with my tripod now so when I go out and everything I'm like oh I just need to make sure like some random man will walk up to me and be like, take pictures here. And he'd be like, it's like a parking garage. Why does it matter? <laughs> and I feel like people should be used to it by now and kind of just stop caring about what other people are doing. Mm. I don't know. 
that's just me being self-conscious and like wishful thinking but I don't know some people are really nice like they're like oh like and they'll compliment you and like not in a creepy way like it'll be like an elderly man or something (laughs) (laughs) or but like I don't know sometimes like with the cat calling and stuff I'm like I don't need that in my life thank you yeah I wish I could actually get into the psych the psychology of it but I feel like part of it is to make them feel better about themselves and have some sort of power but I don't know where it it doesn't lead to anything there's no execution of said power so it it doesn't really make sense it doesn't make sense to me I'm like you're not gonna see me later like yeah what do you think I'm gonna like think about you later and be like that guy who like yelled at me like what a nice guy (laughs) I was talking to someone like we were talking about earth one earlier and i remember just being like yeah remember those dress codes where you had to you couldn't wear leggings or yoga pants or whatever because it had proof that we had a butt (laughs) and it's like we were underage but like yes let's be concerned about the teachers staring at underage women's butts and like let's monitor the children rather than the adults yeah Yeah, that was always so interesting to me. And I mean, I understand because it's a private school. And for those who don't know, Earthland's an all-girl school. But even more so, reason for us to have the discussion about double standards, you know? Because I remember, you know, every year they do that talk about um, homecoming or prom and give all the girls advice on how to stay safe and make sure that, you know, you're not drinking or if you have a beverage you cover it like with your hand or Mm -hmm. you wear a particular outfit and I remember one year this girl raised her hand during the the time for questions and she just asked is Jesuit the boys school getting um a similar talk about how to not behave in that way because why are we being basically pruned to go out there and be on guard why aren't they being talked to about not making us uncomfortable Yeah, so, like, with living on my own in the new city, I'm really trying to break down a lot of the warnings or, like, um, fears that I was kind of grown up to have. Um, And, like, I understand the intentions behind it. Like, my parents wanted me to, like, just be careful, basically not get kidnapped or murdered in my youth. But um, that's not really stuff now. So now I'm just a terrified 23-year-old all the time. So I'm like, I need to kind of work through this and, like, be confident. So I'm, like, I'm starting to do things on my own and be more confident about it. But I remember I was, I had this guy fixing my cable from, like, the Cox company or whatever. And he was over here telling me, because I was like, yeah, I'm really excited. Like, I'm going to the park near my house and I'm working out by myself and I'm like and I'm feeling like more comfortable just like being by myself and like not constantly looking over my shoulder mm. and like and like going to the gas station at night I'm like I did that woo <laughs> but like this guy over here he's like yeah you should be afraid like I tell my daughters too and I'm like stop telling me to be afraid like I don't want to be afraid anymore <laughs> no I I so hear you though I mean that's just, it's how every girl in nearly every country, yeah. I think, has been raised. Yeah, I'm not and, anything special with that. Yeah, but it's, it's, that's the thing, though, is we are all told as we grow up, I mean, I'm almost 23, and it's the same situation, too, whenever it gets to be sundown. 
it's just insane. But I mean, I do like having gone to Ursuline and stuff. Like people ask me all the time going mm-hmm. to an all-girls school. Like they're like, do you like it? And I'm like, I honestly feel more empowered. I feel like it's very different if you come from an all-boys school than an all-girls school. Like I was like, an all-girls mm-hmm. school, like we could show up, not care what we look like, and just like actually be there to like learn and like nurture good, solid friendships. And, like, yeah build our voice and like go into college realizing sorry but boys aren't really all that smart <laughs> like, like <laughs> I feel like you grow up like as like a young woman like being intimidated by men and like mm. going to like an all-girls like high school and everything you're like they're not that impressive I mean there are some there's some smart guys out there <laughs> but I think you know it's but I agree with you it I think for me it's more not being intimidated yeah. by them yeah. once you get into a space with them, you know, because going from an all-girls school for four years and then going to college where it's co-ed and then going into a work environment where you're more than likely going to be outnumbered mm-hmm. depending on what you do for male versus female, it's really empowering to have that background and know that I was in an environment where I was told that my voice mattered yeah. and I was emboldened to speak up. Yeah. So I'm prepared to be in this environment to to stand my own ground mm-hmm. and probably have women next to me who are going to hopefully lift me up too yeah well and just like um feeling empowered enough to just like say something like I feel Mm -hmm. like if I hadn't gone to an all-girls high school I would have just been quiet in the classroom but just kind of like it slowly kind of introduced me and like forced me to like speak up when it like public speaking just is uncomfortable for everyone starting out for the most part so, like, it kind of helps you get there and build those steps to be more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that helped me when going into university a lot. And then now I can't stop talking. So yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other problem. <laughs> but with speaking to people, I'm always very conscientious of, like, what I say and, like, I do. I would rather say something than not, but I would also rather take the time to make sure that it needs to be said. So, like, I'm not right. going to – and, like, make sure that it's actually meant. Like, even with, like, breaking up and things like that, like, I'm like, I need to make sure that it isn't me speaking from hurt. It's, like, what I'm actually thinking right now, and that helps me process. So, like, I'm never going to, like, wish someone, like – something horrible because I would feel horrible like what if that happened and like that would I'd be like I wish for that to happen like I was kidding but like it happened so like Mm -hmm. I tell my friends I told my friends the other night when we went out to get some drinks I was like talking to them about this and I was like yeah usually if I'm really mad at someone I'll just like say something like I wish you would hit your funny bone or like stub your toe like stuff that like would suck but like wouldn't ruin your day <laughs> depends on how bad it is but I'm just like I want to be more intentional with like the things that I say like I don't want right. to be like I hope you never find happiness like that's a horrible thing to wish on someone like right yeah horrible I actually kind of like that in terms of the approach of just being very intentional with words because words have yeah. so much power mm-hmm. and I think that the conversation around 
um, mental health that was had last year, there was a really good focus on just realizing that the things that you say, even if you apologize down the road, they hold a weight that you have no control for, you know, how that person carries it once you deliver it. Mm -hmm. So being very mindful of what you're saying and how you deliver it. And this is a love language for me as a comm Mm -hmm. major is just so crucial yeah, and pivotal for good communication and good relationships and people's mental health. It's all wrapped up mm-hmm. with one thing. Well, and it's like this thing that everyone says all the time is you never know what someone else is going through. And I feel like the older I get, the more I meet people where I listen to their like life stories and I'm just like, pardon my language, but like, oh my shit, like how, like I would have never thought that someone could actually go through something like that. And mm-hmm. like, it's just like growing up in that bubble and then like being exposed to like the world and just being like, yeah, this person went through like a horrible thing. Like be careful with what you say, because like, you don't know like how they're feeling about it like that day, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I've been trying to do recently, it's just sitting with your emotion, whether it's um, on the extreme left or the extreme right, wherever it is on the spectrum, before you say anything or before you react, just sit with it even if it's super uncomfortable because you have to get acquainted with how you're feeling and know this is the best way for me to move forward Mm -hmm. with that feeling so that I can heal in that motion. And I was thinking about it. I was like, that is actually so smart. Oh, yeah. I kind of have a knee-jerk reaction. I think we all do Mm -hmm. whenever something is said or done or in a particular situation. And so taking the time to just like sit, think about what's going on and be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. This is how I want to move forward, and this is what will cause the least collateral damage mm-hmm. on the way out mm-hmm. um, is probably something that I've taken to be a really big learning curve yeah. for me. Yeah, and, like, one thing that I've done, so I'm, I don't want to say I'm an emotional person, but I feel emotions very deeply, and mm-hmm. so I have to be, well, sometimes it feels like I can't exactly determine the emotion that I'm feeling just because it's just so overwhelming and overstimulating at that point. So with uh, my boyfriend at the time, I would have to be like, give me 10 to 15 minutes to like sit with this and process this. And then I would write on my notes, like things that came to mind. And that way we could have an actual conversation about what was actually like hurting my feelings or doing what making me feel a certain way related to him or not. Um, And then we could like work on it from there rather than me just trying to like word vomit and try to figure it out in front of him. Cause I feel like that's not fair to either one of us to the kind Mm -hmm. of create problems that may not even be problems or just to, yeah, sit with that feeling and be like, now what is this? Why am I feeling like this? What could make this better? Yeah, that is so right. That is so true. Like, all spitting facts out here. I mean, I've been in, like, therapy for, like, with eating disorders and everything. Um, My rotation that I was at, they were just, like, it was so interesting and informative. Like, they were talking so much about emotions and stuff. And I'm really interested in, like, counseling and that whole thing. Um, So I learned a lot, too. And I feel like it really helps me to, like, be in this headspace I'm in now. It's helping me in more ways than one. So it's been nice. Yeah. Well, tell me more about your internship because I know, oh my gosh, this is so long ago. I saw you a year ago in Dallas. It's so sad. Um, But you were telling me about the internship that you'd either just started or were starting. So this is like the 
dietetic internship where you need to have a bachelor's like from an accredited program and then you apply to um, dietetic internships around the country and then they it's kind of like the sorority system a little bit with like they match with you and you match with them and like Mm -hmm. like that whole ranking system kind of similarly um and then once you match with one you're pretty much supposed to like say yes because you can't guarantee that you're going to get matched with another one um so i matched with university of oklahoma health sciences center which anytime i spell that out just abbreviations everyone's like what and i'm like yeah (laughs) so it's like the it's where all of the internship science-based programs are based through ou so it's like based in oklahoma city rather than norman but yeah, I'm doing it for, I think it was like eight to nine months. So I graduate April 16th, graduate. Um, basically, they just tell me, congrats, you didn't fail. Go and take the exam now and then and then get a job. Got so, it. Yeah, so I'm paying for my parents. I'm paying for this program, bless them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm just interning. It's kind of also like, like I'm, it's hard for me to explain it, so I use a bunch of analogies, so I don't want this to get confusing. But in the sense that nursing school exposes you to all different types of nursing, um, that's what this does. So I've been doing clinical, food management, um, community-based. So I'm going to be with public schools, um, doing some public policy shadowing and interning, um, just at eating disorders, just different like organizations like that. But I think my main interest is like more counseling based. So maybe eating disorders or something like that. I might get like a counseling extra degree or certificate or something. I don't really know. I haven't really looked into it, but yeah, and kind of do something more like counseling based, which eating disorders is a lot of. So that was very interesting for me, but it was also intense. Yeah, I can imagine because yeah. that's a very emotionally tolling and intricate and delicate arena to be in Mm -hmm. what so you said that um that may be your preference the um eating disorders counseling what Mm -hmm. do you think made you want to go into that I mean I've seen the emotional effects that um body negativity can have on an entire system meaning like family, I can see like the effects and what can start an eating disorder, what can stimulate an eating disorder. Um, And I'm not specifically talking about one eating disorder. I've been surrounded by a few different ones. Um, And like I've also just being with this clinic, I've noticed the disordered eating thoughts that like I have and just um, how ingrained it is in our society as a whole. And I think that's kind of where politics kind of jumps into is just, I feel like everyone's dealing with this, but it's very underreported. It needs to be more common to talk about, not to normalize, but to normalize that it's a problem and that it's okay to be struggling with it because society kind of made it that way. And just kind of going in and fixing that, because I'm a little fixer. 
So like going in and kind of helping with that. And I feel like I've been counseling people since I was little, basically. Um, just random people will come to me with problems and I'm always happy to help because of course I'm a fixer. So I'm just like, yeah, let's like talk through this. Let's go. And I kind of want to start getting paid for it. Not going to lie. <laughs> That's a little part of it. Yeah, I'm like, I can spend hours talking to you about it. It'll be fine. Like, and it's different than just like a friend. Like, I remember in high school, this guy reached out who I barely spoke to, like hardly knew at all. And all of a sudden he was just texting me day after day about like, his problems and stuff. And I was like, whoa, like, you don't know me. Like, why am I the person you're reaching out for this? Like, and like, I'm weirdly always the person that people find at a party that start talking about life and stuff with. And so I feel like that's kind of, there's a reason for that. Uh, and that like, I can draw things out of people that maybe other people can't for some reason. If I can use it to help them like realize something or work through something why not and I really like how physical feelings I guess can affect your emotions and like dealing personally with anxiety and OCD I can see how that affects both my emotions and the way that my body like feels so maybe with like nutrition how like that can help with it like I remember going to the doctor once and I mean, I don't think she was right at all, but it was just interesting that she made the connection. But she was, I was talking about how I felt lightheaded or anxious. And she was like, oh, you just need to drink more water. She didn't draw any labs or anything. So like, it's not guaranteed that that's really the reason. And like, physician's offices versus dietitians are a whole other argument for a whole other time. But um, it just, like, it made it, interesting to me that I was like oh the stuff that I like put into my body can also have an effect on like how I'm feeling and how I'm doing mentally and emotionally and all of that stuff. It's very interesting to see how all these different avenues eventually go back to physical health and mental health and everything internally and externally. Yeah. Well and it's very interesting for the body positivity movement and just like kind of deconstructing like you're talking about all like the different types of diets, the fat diets and all of the things like that. And it's like zero sugar and stuff like that. Like when people come to me and they're like, what are healthy foods? I'm like, what do you like to eat? Like what's mentally and physically healthy for you? Like it's not just what's in this. Cause you still need fat. You still need sugar. You still need like all the different nutrients. There's a reason it's in natural foods too. You have to pay attention to like how you're feeling when you're eating mm -hmm. it. And like, yeah, typically when you're not feeling your best is when you either eat too much or too little of something. And like, that's when it becomes a problem because not really does it affect your body. I mean, it does, but it also affects how you feel about yourself, like mentally and emotionally. And that's like when it becomes a problem because then you start to just go into a negative mm -hmm. spiral, you know, making those connections um, in your brain is going to, you know, not lead to depression, but it can like start those neural pathways um, to getting there, depending on how often you feel that way. It's just like also intricate and so when people are like what are bad foods what are bad habits I'm like I don't like to use that term 
There are no bad foods. There are no bad habits. They're just things that you like to do, and that's fine. <laughs> like I just I like, I remember in the hospital, my um, one of the women that I was working with, she would always just go in and be like, "What are your bad habits that you have? Like soda or whatever?" And I'm like, "I love soda." And I'm like, "It's not a bad habit. I like it. So what? Deal with it." <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was I was just like, I don't like the negativity around food like it should be Mm -hmm. a good thing and like once we stop making it like that they're good and they're bad foods it's like they're good and bad people like just no people have been through different stuff like Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to be a little bit more open-minded than black and white and like everything's Mm -hmm. a spectrum it's not yeah or so i hear you and i agree with you on it being um so intricate Mm -hmm. because you know i mean i'm not in the same field of study as you but i took a nutrition class for one of my sciences and my professor who i absolutely adore Mm -hmm. he said the same thing he was saying there's not really you know bad foods versus good foods food is food it's meant to fuel you so you eating a burger is not you eating a bad food you eating 10 burgers in one sitting every day for the rest of your life is not a good thing for your health Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that it in itself is a bad food so Mm -hmm. having all these fad diets or these you know like get skinny fast things or these like skinny teas and stuff labeling things as good or bad is what's a contribution i think to these um mental health crises Mm -hmm. including eating disorders because people in some situations, not all, feel like they may need to punish themselves for eating a particular food or I can't eat this because it's more carb heavy. Well, I mean, do you know how much sugar is in a strawberry? Yeah. Like there's lots of sugar in fruit, lots mm-hmm. of sugar in milk even, and you need that, lots of carbs and all sorts of things that you would see as good, yeah. but it's just about having a healthy conversation about food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of goes full circle to just like what we were talking about. Mm-hmm with language and, and how we talk about things and our intentionality and what we say. Um, cause that's, it's all full circle mm-hmm. that all connects to each other yeah. and how we see these things. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I also really like the fact that in nutrition and dietetics, you have to be very specific about your words. And I like to take the approach that I'm giving you more rather than taking things away. So like in counseling sessions and stuff, I'll be like, all right, so you like to have like ice cream for dinner or not for dinner, but after dinner, that's totally like, I understand. I do that too. I'm like, well, you kind of like, you want to incorporate more fruits in your diet. So maybe if you like bananas, like maybe add like bananas to vanilla ice cream, kind of do like, like a Sunday type deal. That way you're still getting fruits and ice cream and you're inevitably going to eat less of the ice cream because you're eating something else with it. Mm-hmm. Like the portion's just going to need to be like, it's not going to be as big because you're just not going to be, you're going to be eating multiple things. If that makes sense. It works across all things. It's not just specific to like dietetics. Like at the eating disorder clinic, there was a patient who liked to smoke and kind of would bring it on camp or not campus, but like on property when it's like a private property, it wasn't allowed. She would bring that in. And my, I remember the people working at the clinic were like, we're going to have to tell this patient that 
we can't like they can't bring it onto the property anymore and they're going to be really upset and I was like well how about we start by asking them why they bring it onto the property and for what effect it provides for them and then see if there's something that could follow like policy that could also give that similar effect you know Mm, interesting yeah it's not like taking something away it's just like supplementing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that is a really interesting approach that I actually haven't really heard anyone talk about before Mm -hmm. in terms of not necessarily taking away, but finding a supplement Mm -hmm. or making room to add something else into your life. I think that's a really interesting approach to that you could apply to many different things, Mm -hmm. even if it's, you know, some people have the the standard typical resolution every year of, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to diet, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to lose this many pounds by bikini season, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think they have to go cold turkey on everything, so they cut out everything that they like yep. to eat that they think is quote-unquote bad. Mm-hmm. And then there's no balance, so then they just crash and they eat all the stuff that they would given up before. And then they just, you know, give up and they're like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. gonna try anymore. It's just about having that balance. We don't talk about diets. We like the term more lifestyle change because Mm -hmm. diets don't work. And that's a proven fact. Like time and time again, people who go on diets who aim to lose weight always gain the weight back, like within a certain period of time. And like that's just how the body works. The body's weight fluctuates. BMI is not an accurate way to measure someone's health. The only way you can really do that is through lab work. Like someone may be classified as overweight BMI wise, but their like blood pressure could be great. They're getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need. And like, that's just the way their body is. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of just like breaking that down and saying, well, what does this one person like need? And like, so like with bikini season and stuff, I remember one of the coasters that was in the office was like, how to get ready for bikini season and it was like go to the beach and yeah <laughs> that's it like in your body like there you go yeah it's just basically like embracing like everyone's different and like we learned that in like in my undergrad program but it's just frustrating that it's still not accepted in society and like mm-hmm. people are still using the bmi body mass index to like measure someone's essentially quality of life um, mm-hmm. and like there are newer statistics showing that people who are classified as overweight are less likely to suffer from illnesses that people who are underweight or with a no- normal weight are like going to go through. Mm. So it's, just, yeah, it's very interesting. And then like this fear of like fat phobia is very, very dangerous, both for people who are classified as, I don't like to say fat, but if someone would identify them as such. There's also people who are terrified of getting to, like, seeing themselves in a bigger body, even if that's where they're supposed to be. And the mortality rate for that is much higher than it is for people who are classified as overweight. Something that's not really talked about. Mm -hmm. like, Like, you can go into kidney failure, heart failure from, like, not eating. And yeah, it's just weird to see that. And then still be like why is this not really this is like underreported whereas 
people in bigger bodies are for some reason a bigger deal. Yeah, it's just, I think, related to Western beauty standards, mm -hmm. you know, and that standard has changed so much over time that it makes you wonder why do we have to stick or adhere to a certain standard until it changes again, Yeah, you know, and at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're happy and that you're healthy and healthy goes beyond how you look, mm -hmm. you know, looking at somebody and saying, oh, you're healthy is definitely not an accurate assumption. Because like you said, there are people who are underweight, who have lots of health complications as well. There are people who are within the average bracket who have lots of health complications too. And then you have, you know, it's all across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, you have no idea what the person's struggling with. So you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself mm -hmm. for you and your individual health yeah. needs physically and mentally and emotionally mm -hmm. in order to know that you're at a healthy balance. Yeah. And it can be triggering for anyone. So it's not like we saw people of all different shapes and sizes in the eating disorder clinic. It wasn't one specific group or two specific groups. It was, again, on a spectrum. And it, their thoughts were all very similar. And their approach to getting a certain body was all very similar. So it's mm -hmm. interesting to see that. I'm still processing and still trying to, like, make sure I'm not saying anything that I'll regret in, like, 20 years. But it is, like, a new and upcoming science and everything. And, like, even psychology as much as nutrition. So we're still learning about it and like the harmful effects and things to promote, mm. not to promote. Well, it's, it's something that's changing literally every single day. That's the thing about any science really. Mm -hmm. Most topics, I think aside from history, because if it happened, it happened. But with sciences, it's developing every single day. And something that was working or something that was believed at one point can be disproven or no longer working. Yeah two days from now, two years from now, two decades from now. Yeah, those are conversations that need to be had because mm -hmm. they're not talked about often enough. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things are taboo. I really think that the culture that we're in right now is moving in the right direction to confronting all of these issues. I mean, we've mm -hmm. already created such a wave in so many different places of conversation, I guess is the way I'm going to put it. But um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping we can advance through that. I feel like we're going to see a ripple effect happening and it'll be interesting. It'll take time. Yeah. But I'm, I'm optimistic. I think everything's progressing and in the age of, I think people in our age group, I don't like to say our generation because that phrase just makes me feel so old when I say our generation, but truly in our generation, you know, with yeah. how, open people are about sharing what they're going through, what their thoughts are, and having these platforms where people in our, again, our generation feel so comfortable mm -hmm. to share what it is that they think so we can mm -hmm. have these conversations is really encouraging. And I think oh, yeah. as we get older, that's just going to be something we see more of because we're normalizing it now. And yeah. because it's just now coming out to the surface, I think it's just exciting to see what that's going to look like even three to five years from now. Mm -hmm. yeah and like it's interesting because I remember my mom saying to me before she was like yeah I've had anxiety but I don't think there was a name for it so even if people mm -hmm. are feeling uncomfortable and saying that our generation is sensitive or like I know the term snowflakes tossed around a lot um, oh yeah not a bad thing to be sharing your feelings it's actually 
more courageous than keeping it to yourself because it's easier to deny something than to admit it yeah and so and it's healthier to open up about it and so speak your mind it's going to help you out a little bit but yeah be careful about the way that you say it because some people need it phrased a certain way to best hear think before you speak but do Mm -hmm. speak just think before you do it (laughs) yeah yeah just really analyze what you want to say. <laughs> yeah, just think so like, about it. I'm trying to get into stuff. Lately, I've been, I mean, I haven't been like scrapbooking that much. I've been making mm-hmm. earrings, so I'm going to start selling them soon. Just bought two books today. Want to learn French? Like, I'm just like going for it. I'm like, let's actually do this. I'm getting a gym membership today. Oh, exciting stuff. Okay, that's actually the next thing I wanted to ask you was like what your little like your goals might be for this next year of things that you want to you want to do I mean honestly I want to be single and that's just it (laughs) I'm just like I just kind of want to be comfortable being uncomfortable with myself Mm. and like I like that I just want to focus on myself and like it's even hard just like going on dates and stuff because like I do feel people's emotions and everything. So I'm like, I don't want to be like, I don't like you, but like, it's just inevitable. So like forcing myself to be like, I, it's okay that we didn't get along. It's okay. We didn't hit it off. Like, but I still am working on that. (laughs) Well, you know what? Um, It's, and someone actually just told me this the other day and it was in relation to something else that I was going through, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. So I was like, huh, I like that, keeping it in my back pocket. But it's true. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So yeah. just be uh, gracious with yourself, you know? Yeah. I think that's really great that you want to just take this time to focus on yourself and grow with yourself and be comfortable being uncomfortable. That is, like, the biggest challenge in the human condition. <laughs> no one likes that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So like, kudos I'm to you. Myself- if there's something like, I don't know if this is going to go well in my life, but you know, I might come out with a bunch of stories that we can talk about another time. I already have a few, (laughs) but I told myself, I was like, you know what, if something's not like screaming at me, no, like if my gut's not like, don't do this, like absolutely not. If it's just like kind of quiet, then I'll be like, sure. And just go for it. Like, I'm like, if something's not telling me no, then, like, just throw yourself in. Sure. Like, why not? <laughs> it's worked interesting. You um, know, but, you know, I can see, I can see the good in that, and I can see, like, where the, the strive for balance is there, mm-hmm. where you just follow your gut and your mm-hmm. intuition that can lead to some adventure, to some fun yeah. stories. And yeah. that's what your 20s are for, you know? That's what I'm told. So I'm trying <laughs> to start experiencing them. Coming with social anxiety and stuff, like it may, mm-hmm. I may have been getting too comfortable with that within a relationship, like having a reason not to go out and do things. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, that's kind of more of what I'm telling myself. Like if someone asked me to like go out and do something, my instinct would be like, I'd rather stay in and watch a movie by myself. And mm-hmm. But I'm like, sure. Okay, let's go. And I yeah. can make myself go and like do stuff. The last question that I want to ask you, 
I want to know, whenever you do leave the house, what are three things you can't leave the house without? I mean, I always go with chapstick because Tulsa just sucks the hydration out of you for some reason. Mm -hmm. I always take my phone because I'm obsessed. And then this is a weird thing that I bring with me. I bring floss. And that's an OCD thing. And I know that it is. But, like, if you're going out to eat, I remember going to, like, homecomings and stuff. I would, like, sometimes get something stuck in my teeth. And it would be in my mind the rest of the night. Like, totally OCD neurotic thought. But I would like to alleviate that and just bring floss. It's not big. It's just small. And then just bring it everywhere you go and you're good to go. I actually love that. I think that's so funny, but so useful. It is. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Oh my god, it's been so much fun. So much fun. Catch up, check up. That's the same. Catch up, check in, check yeah, out what's happening. I swap them. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm so glad that we got to chat and just have some girl chat, talk about some cool, important topics from your internship to Sean Mendez to flossing. We covered it all. Where can the people find you if you would like to be found? Um, so you can find me. I only have the one Instagram now, but Mad Lifestyle. Um, it's just M-A-D-D underscore lifestyle underscore. That's my Instagram handle. Yeah, and then I'll be coming out with another Instagram handle to be decided for my earrings, but it'll be on that original handle. So Awesome. And I'll have it all in the show notes. And that's a wrap on this week's episode, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of That's the Point with me, KB. I hope you guys loved this episode just as much as I did. It was so much fun. And a huge thank you to Madeline for coming on to the show. If you guys love this episode, go ahead and download it, follow the podcast, subscribe, keep it in your library, leave me a review. You know I love reading those. And as always, if you want to see what's happening behind the mic, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at That's The Point Podcast. And I will see you next week where we'll be keeping score of the points that matter to you most. Bye, guys. Bye.